Hi, and welcome to another one of our little podcasts. Today we're going to do the lectionary reading for the 8th of February 2023. Uh, It comes from the fifth week of Ordinary Time, the Wednesday reading. And we're going to get into that today as our main purpose for this podcast. But as a little update, I am doing changes to the other office hours, the other hours that we will have for this. And I think if I can get all this stuff to work the way that I'd like it to in the next couple days, we'll have a whole bunch of new ways of doing the office, uh, at least new recordings so that there's less buzzing in the background and other noises like that. And also allowing for a little bit more of an easier stream. Uh, There will also be changes to some of the other podcasts as well over time. Like the lectionary, I am going to re-tape a lot of the stuff with the lectionary uh, prayer service uh, that we have going up. You know, where I kind of do a little bit of the liturgy of the word, get into the liturgy and then after a homily or a sermonette type thing, whatever you want to call it, I've had people call it other things, uh, where I just basically give my thoughts on the reading, my reflections, so that that's something for you to meditate on. We do a whole lot of other prayers as well. And these are things that I think is very important. It gives kind of a liturgy of the word type of feel for the uh, stuff and also ties in everything with what's known as the Amihad prayer or the prayer while standing that is done in Jewish synagogues. I may, and I have not totally determined whether I'm going to do this or not, I may change it up to where that is actually part of a biblical reading for that day, where I'll read uh, scriptures and have have kind of uh, as a meditation the reading from the catechism of the Catholic Church. That way you get 10 Bible reads a day or something like that. haven't quite figured that out. And kind of mix that into everything as well and use that as the prayer service, if you will, for the Amihad prayer. Not 100% certain. I'll probably stick with it as it is, but that is kind of a thought that's working out. I'm kind of tossing that out there just in case those of you who do contact feel like you want to... uh, weigh in and give your thoughts on the whole topic. But without too much ado, let us turn our hearts and minds to the Word of God today, because it is coming to us from the book of Genesis. Our first reading today is a reading from the book of Genesis. At that time, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, while as yet there was no field shrub on earth, and no grass of the field had yet sprouted, For the Lord God had sent no rain upon the earth, and there was no man to till the soil. But a stream was welling up out of the earth, and was watering all the surface of the ground. The Lord God formed man out of the clay of the ground, and blew into his nostrils the breath of life. And so man became a living being. Then the Lord planted a garden in Eden in the east, and he placed there the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made various trees grow, that there were delightful to look at and good for food, with the tree of life in the middle of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The Lord God then took the man and settled him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and care for it. 
The Lord God gave man this order. You are free to eat from all the trees of the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. From that tree you shall not eat. The moment you eat from it, you shall surely be doomed to die. The Word of the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are great indeed. You are clothed with... I did that wrong. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are great indeed. You are clothed with majesty and glory, robed in light as with a cloak. O bless the Lord, my soul. All creatures look to you to give them food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it. When you open your hand, they fill, are filled with good things. O bless the Lord, my soul. If you take away their breath, they perish and return to dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created. You renew the face of the earth. O bless the Lord, my soul. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Your word, O Lord, is truth. Consecrate us in the truth. Alleluia, alleluia. Hallelujah. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus summoned the crowd again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. Nothing that enters one from outside can defile that person. But the things that come out from within are what defile. When he got home, away from the crowd, his disciples questioned him, about the parable. He said to them, Are even you likewise without understanding? Do you not realize that everything that goes into a person from outside cannot defile, since it enters not the heart but the stomach, and passes out into the latrine? Thus he declared all foods clean. But what comes out of a man, that is what defiles him. From within the man, from his heart, come evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly. All these come from within, and they defile. The Gospel of the Lord. These readings today highlight for us our makeup. They highlight for us the purpose of the laws of God. That the laws of God are not made to impose something from without, but rather to regulate who we are internally. And this is an important principle that many people overlook. You see, a lot of people, they'll try to tell you what you should do from an external point of view. You shouldn't eat these meats. You should worship on this day. You should go to this church. You should believe these doctrines. While important, and while those things can be true, they're not always true. Because the Pharisees were doing the same thing. They were saying, oh, you have to eat kosher meat. You have to eat in a kosher way. If you don't, you're doing something wrong. And Jesus was here trying to point out to him that it wasn't what his disciples were putting into him that were making them unclean or making any person unclean. 
It was how it was coming out of them, what was coming from them, what was from their heart, what was from their internal makeup. And it highlights for us that all sin, all sin is self-originated. It's about me. It comes from me. It's my fault. A lot of people want to blame Satan. Oh, he made me do this. No, no, that's not what that's not who made you sin. You sinned. You may have been tempted. He may have made it appealing to you, but you still made a choice to sin. And that's highlight number one. Many people, when they read this, they get into this whole, well, nothing of the Old Testament is worthwhile, whatever, because, you know, he's cleaning up the dietary laws. Well, what he's cleaning up is not necessarily us not living a healthy diet. Yes, we can eat pork. Yes, we can eat other meats that are considered to be quote-unquote unclean. But it doesn't mean that all these things are healthy for us. We don't just eat sugar, you know, even though it's permissible. We shouldn't eat cookies for every meal and only cookies. That would kind of go against the principle of man shall not live by bread alone. You know, every now and then you got to have a bite of chicken. I'm kind of playing with the word there, but that's there's more to it than just something that most people focus on. You see, the reason why nothing outside of man can defile him is because those things are made for man. Jesus said, the Sabbath is not Lord of man, but the man is the Lord of the Sabbath. You are in charge of when you rest and when you praise God, not the other way around. Should you? Yes. Are you obligated to? Yes. But when? That's kind of up to you. I hear a lot of people when they talk about the Seventh-day Adventist thing to where the church supposedly changed the day of when Sabbath is from Saturday to Sunday that it shouldn't have done that, which in and of itself I would have to ask them to prove it uh, because the church does have authority to bind and loose. All you have to do is look at Matthew 18 and you can see that when a decision needs to be made and you have a problem with somebody else that you know, you try to resolve it between you and them. That's stage one. You get to stage two, you bring two or three witnesses so you can establish the matter. And if that doesn't solve the matter, you go to the church. The church is not the two or three witnesses of stage two. They are a third stage. They are an external stage. They are the high court of the land. You see, stage one is you trying to resolve it one-on-one. -on -one. That's your first court. You get two or three witnesses, that's your appellate court. And if the appellate court rules and you still don't think that there's something there or the matter's not resolved, you take it to the Supreme Court of the Church. This has been done time and time again throughout history. In Acts 15, it was done to determine whether or not we were going to need to be circumcised to be Christians. And it was determined by a rule of the Council of Jerusalem that the answer was no. Prior to that, there was no scripture to say that it was okay to not be circumcised and be a Christian. It came about because of a ruling of the church first. 
just like every other ruling that the church comes down on, whether it's understanding the Trinity, whether it's understanding the true nature of Christ, whether it's understanding what books really are part of the Bible and which aren't. Those are rulings made by the church. So the church does have authority. But you see, the thing is, a lot of people will try to Judaize and they'll look at it from an external point of view and they'll try to mandate the externals. But that's not how you get saved. It has to be internalized. It has to be about you. It has to be about me. And that's why in these readings today, we get this idea that it's not what is outside that defiles, it's what's inside. Because if you look at the actual creation account, when man is created, he's created for the purpose of taking care of the creation of God. He is formed out of the dust of the ground to become a living being and placed in Eden where he had been formed in order to care for it. And out of the ground, God made everything that was good for food. And he told him what he needed to do. Don't eat this fruit, do this. And a lot of us have been questioning God ever since. We would rather do what God tells us not to do. It doesn't make a difference whether it's stealing, because we'll try to justify when we can steal. Oh, if I'm hungry, I need to steal. Well, yes and no. I mean, as Proverbs says, no man is going to be upset with you if you steal to feed yourself, but still, if you're caught, you go to jail. You pay the price. You pay the penalty. You have to know what is the end result of what you're doing. That's why we should just merely wait for somebody to provide for us as a beggar instead of going around stealing. Same thing when it comes to lying. We can justify when we can lie. We're not supposed to lie. But the same respects, we don't have to tell everything. And that's the other thing a lot of people miss. We don't have to say every thought in our mind. Because sometimes if we say it, we hurt somebody. So we need to remember that it's not what is external to us that defiles us. It's what's internal. Who we are as people inside. That's why we need to be born again. That's why we need the gospel grace to change us from the inside out. And that is why we come to Christ and we pray for his forgiveness, his mercy, and asked him to lead us not into temptation and always deliver us from evil.